I had a very strange childhood. Had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Have you ever had that feeling of being inclined to purchase something that was just calling out to you? I'm not talking about an impulse buy, but seeing or picking up something and sensing it's in your best interest to have it. This sometimes happened to me with books. I remember walking into a small wellness store in Huntington, New York, where our clinic is, and it had all these beautiful crystals and books everywhere. This was a few years back now, and I just remember seeing a book that stuck out from the crowd and really caught my eye. I picked it up and flipped through the pages, seeing a lot of topics that really resonated with me. The store owner actually went on to tell me she knew the author and she was this incredible healer. Over the next few days, I was engrossed with the topics of conscious nutrition, frequency and energy fields, the importance of our liver, and restoring vitality and health through nourishing food. This was even before we started this podcast, but I knew one day I'd get the chance to talk with this author about this powerful book. Well, today is that day. This is the story of Harmonic Healing with Dr. Linda Lancaster. Well, Dr. Linda Lancaster, thank you so much for being here and thank you for writing your wonderful book, Harmonic Healing. And one of the things I took away, really two main subjects that I was really interested while I was reading it was number one, the prevalence of parasites that you talked about within the book and also the importance of the liver. And I feel that, you know, we we give some significance to liver, but you really explained it in a way that shows how the liver is related to so much of what we consider health and also so much of what we go into, which can cause disease. So can we start with that? Why is the liver such an important organ that we oftentimes you know, mis, uh, misdiagnose as being the cause of many problems? Well, it's the factory. It is. It does so much. Um, it does, it metabolizes proteins, carbohydrates, fats, uh, stores vitamins and minerals and processes our emotions, processes our mental thoughts as well. So I consider the liver an esoteric organ, an organ that is so necessary for the will, for our will, our will for physical health, our will for physical being here, and our will for spiritual work. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because when you when you break it down, you're saying, and this is a big part of the book, that everything has this higher level to it as well, not just on the biochemical side, which we usually get stuck in, but it also has these connections to something much higher. And the liver is incredibly important on that higher spiritual realm, correct? Correct. It is the organ that connects us to our mental will, which then connects us to our spiritual will. You know, I often have to deal with people, oh, I can't be on the, I can't stay on the diet, I can't stay on food, on good food. Um, we have to clean the liver. Because the li- if they have a good, clean liver, and the process of eating well will do that. However, we need that liver working to actually lift us up to be able to do the work that we need to do 
Ah, in these times. Yes, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I want to you know, ask, why is it that you state the typical liver today is weak, congested, and overworked, which I agree with, but I want to hear your take on why is it that so many people's livers are in this weak and congested state? Stress, mm. shock, just shock will do it. Heavy metals, chemicals, radiation, parasites, all forms of parasites. When I say parasites, I include fungus, I include virus, I include bacteria, I include actual worms or microscopic uh, parasites such as the spirochete in Lyme disease. Which is very prevalent. We know that. I'm a New Yorker. Yes, it's very, I know all of that. Yes. We see those patients all the time. And right now it's a worldwide problem, unfortunately, with that, right? It is indeed. For many reasons, actually. So... You know, when, when we talk about- We're living about, in pollution. We are dear. living in pollution. We're living in difficult times, and this is impacting so many organs, and especially the liver. And I know so many people are saying, okay, so what do I do, right? How do I bring it back? And I think your book did a, a remarkable job of giving you solutions such as a diet, such as cleansing on the emotional side and everything. But let's start maybe with the harmonic healing liver cleansing program and the diet specifically. How do we eat then to re-engage our livers back to proper functioning? Well, first of all, I don't really like to call it a diet. Mm. <laughs> it is the food we eat. <laughs> yes, It is the food that I continue to eat. It is your lifestyle. It is your habitual nourishment, you could say. Yeah. I would say that. And anybody who uh, understands nutrition would say the same thing. Yes, we go a little stricter on the harmonic healing liver diet. So there's a strict level, there's a modified level, and then there's a maintenance. So we're always on the maintenance, but there's room to uh, relax a little bit on it. I mean, I'm a person who lives in the world, so I'm not an extremist at all. But you can take three weeks to do a strict liver cleansing diet, and that is protein and vegetables and fruits. And what type of protein? Because that's, that's really important to a lot of people because people say all red meats. There is, there's both an attack, and I see there's also a lot of the carnivore diet people that are all about just lots of red meat. So there's a little bit of this, which side are you on? I think maybe the middle might be best, but what are your thoughts about protein and how to get that into the system and red meats? Well, protein comes from the Greek word proteus. Mm -hmm. So it's the creative force. We all need protein. So good quality protein can be lentils, it can be legumes, it can be eggs, it can be red meat, it can be chicken, it can be fish. I avoid nuts on the first part of the cleanse. Nuts is another protein. But nuts are a concentrated protein, and they can clog up the liver if we just eat eat it like popcorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just eating nuts and vegetables and fruits. You're not going to clean your liver if you do that. I'm not against nuts, but I'm against it for the first three weeks, actually the cleansing diet, until until we're able to process the nuts, because sometimes it's very difficult for the gallbladder to process the nuts. 
And that's a big one I've heard when you eat a lot of red meat or fatty products as well, the gallbladder might become stressed at that point, right? Is that more about quality or quantity or both? I would say both. Both, right? Yeah. So for me, the choice of which protein is not as important as the vegetables. Mm. And it's the pairings, correct? It's the pairings of the vegetables, correct? And it's also the fact that those vegetables have an electromagnetic energy. And this electromagnetic energy is what actually feeds our etheric body, which then feeds our physical body. Now we're getting into the energy and, and the harmonics of it. So my liver cleansing diet is a lot of vegetables. I recommend beets on the cleansing. You know, if we're going to have fruits, apples are great. I use a citrus liver cleansing drink and first thing in the morning to flush after a long night's sleep. I use lots of green vegetables, all color vegetables, rainbow, mm -hmm. eat the rainbow and eat every part of the vegetable. You want the stalk, you want the root, you want the leaves, you want the fruit of the vegetables, you want the flower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want your broccoli, you want your celery, you want your carrots, you want your beets. So have a varied parts of all the parts of the, of the vegetables. In fact, if you take a vegetable and turn it upside down, okay, so now you have, it's now man. So if you're going to feed the brain, you give it carrots and root vegetables. If you're going to feed the lungs, you give it leafy vegetables. I'm going to have a great soup in, in the recipe book. I don't know if you looked at my recipes, but half the book is recipes and how to cook yeah. and the right way to cook at my way. I don't know if it's right, but I've <laughs> done it. You know, I've been telling people this for 40 years and it's been working. So I have a, it's called Passato de Vedora and it's a green vegetable soup and it's got kale and spinach and dandelion in the soup and you just slow cook it and blend it. And that's a great soup for what I call dense nutrition. Yeah. And how do you feel about raw vegetables and fruits versus cooked? Because I even know this, and this is another topic that's being very much debated upon kale. Is it a superfood or is it actually toxic? And you can look at oxalic acid in it. And sometimes it's a kind of, it picks up on the heavy metals in soil. So what are your thoughts? Because I know you had a blurb about it in the book as well, and I'll let you discuss that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we have found that raw kale can inhibit the thyroid mm. because of the factors that are in the kale. So if you're going to eat kale, you cook it. And now you're going to ask the question, should we eat raw or cooked? I think in the summertime, it's great to have salads. For most of the year, and even in the summer, cooked is much easier to digest. Most of us do not have the digestive fire. So we use the stove. The stove is the fire. This is an Ayurvedic uh, idea anyway. I mean, it's, it's not my idea, oh, cooking is better. But cooking is better. Slow cooking is better. I, it, so if you can have your vegetables cooked slowly, I put it in a in a Le Creuset pot or a, a staub, and I put I wash all my vegetables and I put that much water in, put the cover in, put it on low, and check it in 
10 minutes and they're perfectly cooked. Just perfect. Simple. Simple. This is simple. Yeah. Feeding ourselves should be simple. And that's and, the thing. I feel like, sorry to cut you off, but I feel no. like too many people have that poor relationship with food where it's too complex to cook. It's too much time. I don't have the time anymore. It's go, go, go. And I need to order out just quick things and eat it on the run. And I feel that alone. You're, you're putting yourself in a sympathetic state while you're eating, which is bad for digestion. It's stress. It's probably poorly prepared food. Uh, you know, it's not high quality oils. Food. The wrong right. oils cooked at high heat. Right. So talk about that even, the oils, because I know you have certain and even grapeseed oil and others that, again, some people have very strong thoughts on seed oils versus olive versus things like ghee and have high temperature points. So what are your thoughts on using oils to cook? Well, for cooking, you need an oil that's going to be able to tolerate heat. Mm -hmm. I have found grapeseed oil. And I've found um, um, ghee, you can mm -hmm. use ghee, and sesame oil. Those are the three oils I mainly use for cooking. Olive oil is my most favorite healer in my whole diet, but it needs to be raw. You need to really have that good green olive oil to heal the liver. That's why I use it in my liver cleansing drink in the morning in a raw yeah. state. I like to steam my vegetables the way I just told you how I, I steam them. And then I like to put olive oil. We always have olive oil on the table. It's a condiment for us. So I use it in my salads. I use it on my steamed vegetables. It's great for just flushing the liver, flushing the gallbladder. If you eat a clean diet, mm -hmm. if you eat a clean diet with good quality olive oil, what I mean by clean, you know your sources mm -hmm. of food. Whether we eat meat or not is not my issue. If you're eating too much meat, you shouldn't be eating too much meat. You know, a big steak on the plate is not my idea of a healthy <laughs> diet. Yeah. But a small piece of beef or bison or chicken or fish is fine. With So if you have your plate... Mm -hmm. The size of your palm is very good of your protein. The rest is vegetables, yep. but not a million vegetables. Two, two vegetables is good. Two to three vegetables don't make food so complicated. Three vegetables is really, I do lots of stews just with three vegetables. And I'm sure they're delicious. They're very good. Right? And that's, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to get complex again. Simplicity is key here, cooking it, making it in small moderation. Of course, these are all sensible ways to go about anything in life. And, you know, how we nourish ourselves should be that way as well. Correct? Absolutely. You know, I am a foodie. Yep. <laughs> I love to go to really wonderful restaurants who can, who use my philosophy. And there are many of them that do now. I like to, after a long day, I put in an, an eight to 10 hour day every day. And when I'm done with my work, I like to come into the kitchen and chop vegetables. Mm, it's therapeutic for you. It's very therapeutic and it's very meditative. Mm -hmm. And somehow the food always tastes good. <laughs> somehow. But you're giving it that energy as well as I you do am. it, correct? I, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we know the vegetables are good. 
a small moderation or moderation in meat is good and, and protein, but what are some of the foods you would say that you can't touch, that you should stay away from? Because I, you know, you could talk about alcohol and caffeine, probably limit in some ways, right? Limit, yes. Limit. But so be able to have the ability to socialize also. Okay. So it's not comp- incredibly restrictive. You know, I'm, I'm not against alcohol in moderation and for the proper occasion. But when you're liver cleansing, you usually don't do your alcohol. But, you know, a fine bottle of wine to share with friends, I, I'm not against that at all. I like to use old world wines, <laughs> not ones that can be contaminated. I'm not right. going to mention any names, <laughs> <laughs> but the foods that I'm against, really, mm-hmm. shrimp, mm-hmm. lobster, all the, all the scavengers. Scavengers, bottom feeder. What, why is that? They're just eating the garbage from the bottom of the ocean. Do you think even on an energetic level, that's not good? There are scavengers in themselves, and that's right. why they, they are not kosher. Right. Okay. And the kosher laws were not religious laws. They were health laws mm-hmm. that, were put in, that, that were put into the Bible, but they were put because, of, because they needed to keep the food clean. And so I don't consider those good food. Look, if we're getting good organic food, organic food is one of the most important parts of how I look at things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Combinations of foods. So we don't usually use hard wheat with protein. Hard wheat means don't put the bun with the burger. Forget the bun and forget the cheese on the on top yeah. because you don't mix cheese and protein and meat. You don't mix cheese. The only protein that you're allowed to mix according to the laws of food combining, which I adhere to, is an egg. Eggs can mix. Eggs are the mixer. Interesting. I'm not against eggs. I'm, as I told you before, I wait for nuts until later, until you can digest it. You know when you're able to. You really, your body changes. I'll tell you, the first three weeks of my cleansing is strict, and then we go into modified. And the modified part is we add whole grains. That's not bread. Bread is one of our biggest problems. There's very little good bread around. There is some that is really, really good. But when you're able to handle it, I get livers that need to be cleaned they're not digesting carbohydrates. Right. They're just not digesting carbohydrates. And in some cases, not even digesting protein. So that's the problem is the metabolism is gone. It's gone away because we're filled with heavy metals. We're filled with chemicals. This poor old liver has to filter all this stuff. It is overtaxed. It's overtaxed. So we use a general liver cleansing diet for every day with some after, you know, you could add your feta to your Greek salad, but wait until we can handle the dairy. The dairy is difficult to handle. 
It, it makes you a little sluggish, right? I mean, the yes. lymphatic, lymphatic system slows. It's harder to digest, of course. We know that a little bit. So you're not against it only after you've already done that three or four weeks, right, of the cleanse and giving the ability to you know, uh, regenerate a bit. Yes, and I prefer goat. Goat, right? And sheep. What is it about goat and sheep that is better? I've heard this from so many doctors and I never really got into, I think it's the protein, the different types of, of enzymes in it, correct? Or do you know? Um, for many reasons. Uh, uh, the cow carries more bacteria than the goat. Mm. Goats are much more healthier. The goat milk is closest to mother's milk. That's so right. it's most easiest for people to to drink. Now, I, we have that argument, and I know that argument very well, that once you become an adult, no more dairy. Mm-hmm. You're not having to, you're not a baby anymore. You're <laughs> no more dairy. And I find that dairy is important sometimes. Dairy, a, a, a cheese and dairy creates a softening in the body. Mm-hmm. I find people who are very, very strict. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat dairy. They become hardened. And it's, I, I think it's an emotional part of it, you know, I'm not extreme in any way. I don't call myself a vegan. I don't call myself a vegetarian. I don't, I'm not a carnivore. I don't give myself those names. I eat the food that's resonating with me. So again, we go back to harmonics. What's resonating with you? Now, is it a craving or is it really what the body needs? So these are all I mean, we can spend a week just on this subject. Oh, we can. And I won't keep you here that long. So, (laughs) but one of the things that I know people have said, and you brought up in it is that regardless if you're eating organic, sometimes you don't know where a plant or vegetable is. It may be sprayed still, even organic, you know, that are said to be organic have residual spray on it or have yeah. something, chemicals on it. Yeah. Now, you talk about ridding those uh, contaminants with a Clorox bath, and that may scare some people because they're, say, yes. they're saying, whoa, 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 <laughs> you're saying Clorox, the bleach on what I'm eating? But go into that because I've heard this before, even before you brought it up, that it, it is quite advantageous to use something in the washing of your products. Yes. But go ahead. Yes, First of all, let's uh, demystify the Clorox for a minute here because I've been using it for 40 (laughs) years and I'm still here. I use Clorox. Let's talk about what it is. Clorox is sodium hypochlorite, which means it's sodium, which is salt, right? They take salt and put it into the water. This is the bleach people. They put salt into, into the water, and then they put electrical probes to electrify the water so it becomes oxygenated. So now we have a solution of oxygenated salt water. So oxygenation has this high energy field. Now you're looking at vegetables, say a carrot. A carrot is one of the most important vegetables that you do not want to eat unless it's organic because it goes deep into the soil and and it really pulls up everything. So rich, organic, grown carrots 
are fine. But those other type of carrots that are not grown that way, they have a very low energy field. Mm. Their energy field is what we call, it's, it's almost like a magnetic field. Now we have an electrifying field. So the stronger in energy, we know the stronger field will pull. So if you put that carrot, I guarantee, if you put that carrot in a gallon of water with a half a teaspoon of Clorox, mm-hmm. and you let it stay in there for 10 minutes, then put it into 10 minutes of fresh water, that carrot will change its frequency and no longer cause a problem from the heavy metals or fertilizers or chemicals that are in there. It shifts the energy. Mm. Now, however, okay, we're going to just do that and buy commercial vegetables. No, we can only bring that energy up to where that those nutrients are. If the food is grown organically or even better biodynamically, which is connected to the planets, it has a higher frequency to begin with. You can't make it higher but you can take out the heavy metals and not cause a problem. So it's maintenance. It's not really rebuilding. So we need our organic food to rebuild because of the energy of the food. Right. And so many people forget that. And you could talk about that in different terms that we even suck energy out and make it harmful to us with things like microwaves, which completely shift. Don't just say, you know, I understand from even the biochemical stance, you could say it's wiping out nutrition, but even the spin of electrons, it's changing and everything that our body can't digest properly. So it's it's important to think about those pieces, the energetic side of everything and what you're introducing into the energetic body. So I, I, I think it's really important. Now, one of the other things that I particularly enjoyed from, from the liver cleanse and took part in was the morning drink. I, I love the morning drink. <laughs> I've, I've gotten so many people on the morning drink. I'm so happy <laughs> if about anything, that. anything, I say, at least start your day with this morning drink. And listen, it's not always easy to consume at times. I mean, it's, but <laughs> tell me about garlic. that. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about that and how you came up with that and what, what it consists of. Okay. So it's citrus. Mm-hmm. You can use grapefruit or orange. I prefer grapefruit because um, a lot of people, oranges are a little too sweet for many people, especially if they have an, they have an insulin resistance problem. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But you put a grapefruit or an orange, you peel it, you peel a lemon, you cut it up, put it in the blender, a piece of ginger. And the ginger seems to get bigger and bigger every day (laughs) because people love the ginger. Mm -hmm. A clove of garlic, a nice tablespoon of flaxseed ground, throw that in, a little bit of cayenne Mm -hmm. and olive oil. Yep good olive oil. And you blend it with some water. You don't cover it to the top, but put enough water so it's a, like a smoothie. It's that consistency. And you it's delicious. And it's the first thing that you're eating in the morning. It is food in the morning. So you've, you've slept all night. You wake up. You've been fasting. So now, So nothing's in your body. All of a sudden, you get this citrus coming through with the olive oil and the garlic cleaning out stuff as well. And the gallbladder just goes and it just flushes. 
And it's the gentlest flush for the gallbladder and liver and kidneys. It works very well on flushing the kidneys. So I like doing that for at least the first three weeks of liver cleansing. But I have people on on that drink for years. I have to say, can you take get off of it for a little bit? Have some oatmeal, (laughs) you know. But people just love it. And it's originally from, I'll I'll tell you, it's originally from the work with with polarity. The polarity, it's an Ayurvedic system of cleansing the liver. And I've learned it when I was training in polarity. And I started using it for all my patients. I adjusted it a little bit, you know. And then there are those people who can't do the citrus. They really can't. They've just got too much acid reflux. There is a green liver drink, which I use, which is a green apple, a celery, cucumber, and a big handful of parsley. And it all with and you blend that. So there are there are ways around it. I like first thing in the morning just giving us a nice flush. Right. And how do you feel about other flushes that have become quite popular, meaning you have medical medium, which is celery, celery juice, you know, every morning as a flush. You have others that just still stick to milk thistle or others that are intermittent fasting or just fasting, or you do the prolon diet where you do very little. What are your thoughts on, on these other ways? I think all things are not for all people. Right. <laughs> Makes so, sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I know the benefits of celery, right? but I think it's too extreme to tell everyone they need to drink celery juice every morning. You can do it for a period of time and see how you feel. And if that's what we want to, I mean, it is a good method, but everybody is not going to do that always. Right. I like the idea of the citrus because of the high amounts of vitamin C. And during these times, it's really important. And the way we peel the grapefruit and the way we peel the oranges leave some of the white. The white is the bioflavonoids. The white is for our connective tissues. So if you want to stay healthy and keep your muscles strong, we need those bioflavonoids. Right. So... I think there's more, um, I don't think, I, I just, it's not one thing for everybody. That's all. There's no one size fits all in health, no, right? No, there is People isn't. don't get that. People don't. We're they like want. snowflakes. Exactly. We're exactly. all different patterns. What's your pattern? My cleanse and my, my book was for the general public. Yeah. You can give it to your neighbor and they will get something out of it because I think variety and seasonal and good organic is most important when we, when we choose our food. And what, you know, you go to the, I love shopping for my fruit, fruits and vegetables. It's yeah. one of my favorite things to do, actually, <laughs> because I can just reach, oh, it's artichoke season. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to have artichokes now. That's a liver cleanser. Oh, it's summer. We're going to do a lot of zucchini soup. Because of all of the hydration that's involved with the zucchini, the zucchini has this like little mucilage in the zucchini. And that mucilage is how we hydrate. That's why we use aloe vera. You know, if you're lucky enough to be in Mexico, not 
nopales, you know, nopales are the cacti. It's the most wonderful uh, substance to put through your, through your gut. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use zucchini. I use a lot of zucchini in summertime. I don't use it in the winter. Seasonality, right? You have to yep. eat differently throughout the seasons. And if you're in touch with yourself, then you do have, you resonate to certain things. Your body knows. I think the problem is we eat so many processed things that we've lost that. We, like you said, it's more about cravings. You know, look at children these days. I'm sorry to say it, but they crave everything sugary, processed and you try to give them a broccoli and they say, no, I want the French fries, the pizza. And they start crying and usually parents give in and say, okay, here's the pizza. And so they're already losing that at a young age. Now you could probably get it back if you were to start on this cleanse even and go those, what, three weeks, yes. it would start to come back to you, right? It comes back and you, yeah. you crave the good food. Yeah. We really crave good food. I mean, the kids that I treat in my practice eat well, but I get, I sit them down and I say, okay, what kind of vegetables do you like? They're like, do you like carrots? Okay, write down carrots because the mother says they don't eat any vegetables. Well, I get them to write a list of what vegetables they are willing to eat and they have to give that list to their mother. Smart. But you know, the most important thing is when you're raising your, when you're, when they're babies to give them that kind of food Mm -hmm. and don't change. Right. It's a drama, you know, and processed foods, I think is one of the worst parts of our diet in today's world. If it has a name other than broccoli (laughs) or tomato or celery, don't eat it. Yeah. If it has any other name with it, Food should be ingredients itself, not That's with it. ingredients. Otherwise, it's a product. You're eating a product, not produce. You right? know, it's honoring nature. Yeah. You know, we are, na- we are nature. Yes. We, we forget need to that, eat though. nature. <laughs> yeah. We need nature around us to, you know, most people know that I, I do a lot of hiking I, and I do a lot of hugging of trees. I'm a tree hugger. And that's what balances me. That's what grounds me again so that I can go back and do my work and tell people what we're talking about here. Every single consult, I discuss food. Find out what else is going on, but you can't correct it without the food. Yeah. Pills, the best of medicine, you know, I'm a homeopath, the best of medicine are not going to help you unless you nourish. The body is a car, Mm -hmm. okay? You've got to clean the oil filter. That's the liver. Mm -hmm. Clean the air filter. That's breathing exercises, right? We have to change the spark plugs. We have to make sure the spark plugs are working. That's the endocrine system. You have to give it good fuel. Otherwise, it's not going to run. And good food is good fuel. Nature heals. I will say it till I leave this planet. It's the most important part. We can heal without any medicine. We can heal with just food alone. Right. And I I feel like we've lost that relationship with nature to be a healer, where we say, you know, let's turn to unnatural things. Let's turn to chemicals. Let's turn to invasive procedures as our healer. And let's put that on a pedestal 
And look where we are now. We're in a state where we're saying, don't go outside. It's scary outside. You could get sick outside. And we're locked down and covering ourselves and staying indoors. And I can't see this coming out as a good thing for our health. We're so out of touch with nature now. And what we're seeing, especially with the masks, people are having a lot of bacteria go back into their system. Absolutely. You know, it's it's a scary situation that we're in, actually. Let's shift over to that idea of the bacteria and these, uh, you know, different, as you call them, the, the different parasites that we have. And yeah. you, you say there's five of these different types of opportunistic parasites that wreak havoc on people's health. And can you go into that a little bit more? And what is the, the prevalence of these parasites in, in the clients and patients you see? Well, we have five parasite categories. Right. Okay. First, we'll deal with worms. (laughs) (laughs) People do get worms. I'm sorry to say the animal, especially if you have animals that are in your house and they're sleeping in your bed, it's very common to get parasites. So get ready to do a parasite cleanse at least once a year. Mm. Okay. So worms are prevalent. Then we have fungus. Oh, by the way, Worms, let's go back to worms. And I use this finger, <laughs> this finger. It's the earth finger. Worms are connected to the earth element. And that's your pinky for those who aren't yeah, <laughs> able to see it, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the pinky finger or the earth finger, it's, our, it's the finger that represents earth in Ayurveda. It's the element of earth. So when we know that we have parasites or worms, when we know we have worms, we use the earth element, which is herbs. The best way to clear worms is through herbs. Makes sense. Okay. Then we have the next finger, our ring finger, okay, is the water element. And that is fungus. Water is connected to fungus. It's that swamp, that swampiness, it's that dampness that the um, acupuncturists talk about. Mm -hmm. So that's fungus. And we use the water element in, the water element is connected to the emotions. Candida, especially, is very connected to emotions. I want, I want, I want that sugar. I want, I want. So it, we need to work on our emotions if we're stuck in a candida uh, mess. You know, it takes sometimes nine months to clean out candida. It's a slow, slow process. And I talk about candida in the book a lot because that is the number one difficulty with the diet is when they have candida because they crave sugar. They crave bread. So that's our second, um, I'm doing these briefly. I mean, I go into detail in the book, very much so. Then we have bacteria. Bacteria is the fire, the fire element, the middle <laughs> finger. It is the fire element. Yep. And when we're doing polarity, we're using the, our fingers as the elements on the body to balance the body. We do it on, on the cranial. We do it throughout the body. And we, we understand this. So the bacteria is connected to, to the fire. And bacteria, when that happens, it usually turns into infection. So how we treat that infection is really important. 
I use homeopathy. Mm-hmm. You know, treat the fire. Treat, you know, if there's infection, you may want to use belladonna. That's a fire remedy. Okay, next. Microscopic parasite, air element. This is the air element. This pointer finger is our connection to air. So this uh, microscopic parasite could be spirochetes. It could be amoeba. It could be um, any of the flukes anything that we don't see with the naked eye. And what is the treatment? We use air as the treatment. That's when ozone comes in. That's when we treat even infections by deep breathing, by, by the ox and oxygenating herbs, oxygenating formulas. And there are many, and I'm not going to go into them. So that's the microscopic parasite. For instance, in Lyme uh, disease, I use oxygenating herbs, which I use cayenne and cranberry mm. for my herbs for Lyme disease. Okay. Now, very, very well known these days, parasite, because what, parasites are anything that lives on you. We're the host. They live on you. So we have virus. The virus is connected to the ether. That is the most subtle of all elements. And the ether and the etheric force field of the, of the earth is what we're talking about here. So viruses come in on the ether to give us information. But are we sovereign in ourselves to be able to withstand this, to understand the information, but to process it? It is not something to be afraid of. It's actually something to be grateful for, Hmm. you know. So viruses, you know, we know when someone has herpes, for instance. You know, herpes, once you get a virus, it's in you. You don't get rid of a virus. You get a flu, you're going to get flu toxins come in. So, okay, you get herpes. Okay, I'm going to eradicate herpes. Good luck. Because that doesn't happen. You might want, think you eradicated by putting yourself on uh, Zavarex for the rest of your life, but you still have the herpes. Right. But we are able to deal with the herpes by overcoming it, by being stronger than it. If the herpes comes out, there's something in your life that you've done to aggravate it, because it is the most spiritual of all the elements. It's our connection to spiritual world. I have said, and I've said it many times in different podcasts, the way to overcome virus is to look at the spiritual part of it. So fighting a virus is a spiritual fight. It's not just, okay, take this or take that. No, we're going to strengthen our body, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, anything that's oxygenating, you know, like andrographis of herbal medicine. I use a non-toxic part of the quinine plant. So this understanding of virus in general, I'm not talking about what's going on now in the world, because that's much more complicated that we probably should not get into. Mm-hmm. But understanding virus, the nature of virus is important to know that you can overcome it, that build the spiritual will. 
It's building the spiritual will is how you will overcome the virus. That's how you keep your herpes under control. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, I grew up during those years. I mean, so many people are impacted and viruses are in all of us. Viruses are everywhere. We yes. have to realize and that. And we've we, been injected with viruses. Of course. And, and so it's, it's a part of our lives. Now, I think the, the rational question would then be after hearing this, what can we do to spiritually bring ourselves upwards so that we do have a better understanding of what this virus is for in our sense and, and to lift us up rather than have the fear of everything and basically be you know, a slave to this parasite? <laughs> Meditation. Mm -hmm. I like to meditate every morning breathing exercises, do read some kind of affirmations or spiritual enlightenment, books of, of, of a higher nature. Right. You know, I'm an anthroposophicist. I'm, mm. You know, I, I study Steiner. Steiner, yeah. You know, so I read Steiner. I read books on Buddhism. I read books on Hinduism. I do contemplative prayer which is a whole nother, more modern idea. And I was lucky to be able to meet some of the, the leaders in that world. So dance, mm. ceremony, bless your food, realize that you are not here alone, that you're part of the world, you're part of the community. Understand that God is in all things, nature, hiking in nature, hugging trees, mm. <laughs> just living a life of awareness, being aware. Do you think that's a big problem right now that we're not aware, that we are not contemplating, that we are not being spiritual, really? We're so caught up in the physical that these are actually the maybe initiating factors for why so many of us, the majority of us actually, are sick. I do. And yet, these times are the greatest times to be here because it's so easy to find this information. When I first started all this, there was no Google, there was no <laughs> Zoom, there was no <laughs> podcast, there was none of this. You know, you had to look within. So, you know, I had. A spiritual awakening when I was 11. So I just looked at things differently. I was weird. I was doing yoga in 1970. I was weird. It's good to be weird. Yeah. Now everybody's <laughs> healthy. Totally different, you know, little Brooklyn girl growing up and experiencing some strange things. Well, it led you to where you are now and sharing yeah. those experiences to help others through the book. So I try I try to keep it peaceful, you know, even sure. the book. If you look at the book, it's peaceful. It's not scary at all. I bring out some of the scary things like radiation and chemicals and heavy metals. We need to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Come on. But give solutions to neutralize those things. Right. And nature gives us those solutions, right? Nature gives its solutions. It's amazing. Even something like EMF, where we see 5G, which I'm sure you could say is, is a contributing factor to some you know, dysfunction in the body. I mean, nature has just crystals, shungi, all these things it's providing that can help us, right? That is true. 
and our own strengthening of our etheric body Mm -hmm. and our will, because what we're looking to do is to get that etheric web around us stronger. Look, when the electrical wires first went, went up, when the Spanish flu came about, People were, were reacting to those wires. Mm-hmm. So it's gotten stronger and we have gotten stronger. We have gotten used to it. But it's been like that. We have to look, we're not going to stop technology. We're not going to take down the 5G towers, get over it. It's mm-hmm. not happening. We're going to learn how to live it and transmute that energy into our own energy. And there are many, many ways of doing that. And the body, both the etheric and the physical, are incredibly adaptable and strong, correct? I mean, we we have to have faith in our own bodies, too, because I see that there's a lack in that right now. There's always a looking for what can I take to give my body so it's prepared for something. Or get it stronger Right. without (laughs) realizing that we have the innate ability to heal. Yeah. Okay. That is God-given. You know, you cut yourself... And oh wow, it healed. You How don't did that even happen? think about it, right? You don't have to say, please Put heal. Put a band-aid <laughs> on, cover it up, and take it. And wow, it's all better now. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Remarkable. So the body has an innate ability to heal. But let's talk about the body for a minute and the physical body, because the physical body and the etheric body are together. Right. Okay. The etheric body is light threads going through our physical body that makes us alive. Mm. Without the etheric body, we are not alive. And the physical body is just a bunch of material, dead material. So we need to honor this ether, this etheric field that is connected to the higher force fields. So understand that we have a physical, we are physical etheric, and we are electromagnetic. So how do we balance the electromagnetic fields of the etheric body so that we are healthy. Mm. Health is not just a physical matter. Nothing happens in the body. All illness happens in the Mm pre-physical. That's why a lot of us energy medicine practitioners will say, oh, you're, you know, you're heading towards diabetes. And they'll say, well, I don't feel that. I don't have that. Probably not. But if you keep doing that, you're going to get there because that is in your energy field. Very true. We see that all the time at the clinic. And of course, you could go and get I'm all sure the biochemistry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your and dad is it, It's hard to understand for people because they will then go to their GP. He'll run all the tests and say, you're fine. That other person, doctor, must have been crazy. <laughs> However, those numbers that they use are numbers that are for Sick people. <laughs> yeah. Where parameters are much more narrow. And that's why I think it's incredibly important that medicine acknowledge the energetic side and start applying it more. Well, I think it's a, it should be a harmony. I think we need both. Sure. I'm one for integrating all things. Yeah. There's a place for everything. You know, when you get into a car accident, you want to get into the best ER you could find. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, and they're very trained and very good. I think it's the long-term chronic care that really needs other influences. Yeah. 
But everyone so, deserves a, a seat at the table, you know, and, and that's what I say. Put the patient in the middle and you'll find who comes out best. Sometimes it's it's the conventional side that they need at that point in time, but then it moves on to the energy and other, or it's this all of them at once. Everyone's different, like you said. So I always said, you know, we need to put egos aside and medicine and come together as a whole to yes, help the person exactly. in need. Well, hopefully you'll get there. <laughs> I'm really hoping, but- well. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the situation just for a second that we're going through in Mm. 2020 and not to say let's discuss it or let's debate or anything like that. It is where we are, but I'm I'm hoping maybe you could give some energetic lessons that we could take away and how can we put our best foot forward into the future as we're still going through this and so many people are fearful and doubtful and that's the pandemic I've seen is fear. That's right. But- What lessons do you feel like even on that etheric side people can take to move forward out of this? Well, the biggest one is fear. Mm -hmm. And if we really look at the numbers, if we look at the numbers, we realize that most people survive this. Yes. Most people survive it, just like we survive flus. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of patients during during this period with covid And um, they've gotten through it, through homeopathy, herbal medicine, and that's all I used, you know. But the biggest part is the fear. And me telling them, you're going to be fine. This is a spiritual battle, you know. The virus is there affecting you, you know. But we do the same things we always do. If you've got a fever, we take belladonna. If, we, if we've got a dry cough, we take bryonia. If we're scared, we take arsenic amalb or gelsemium with, with uh, chills up and down the spine. So, you know, I've done lots of talks on what to take at home because it's taking care of it right up front as fast as you can. You start having a cough, take a dose of bryonia. It will change things. Because at this point, we have a vital force. That vital force is in our etheric field. How I treat my patients is we stimulate the vital force to heal itself Mm -hmm. because we have an innate ability to heal. So we need to really look at fear and look at this whole idea of most of it is fear of dying. And that needs to be looked at because we can die at any moment. Car accident walk across the street, you know, somebody hits you on the head, you fall, you get hit on the head. So it's time to actually look at fear of dying. And shouldn't that lead us to say life is so precious, health is so precious. The now is important. The now, yeah. The now is important. What we're doing here is most important. There's nothing else but what we're doing in the moment. But that's how I talk with my students, how I talk with my, with my patients. Let's look at, what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Let's look at this fear. Okay, take rescue remedy. And, you know, take, uh, there's just so, calm your nervous system down. Take St. John's word. <laughs> take some CBD, whatever it takes. So much out there you could take, right? So calm many solutions, nervous, yeah. And then look at it. Mm-hmm. Then look at the fear. Look, where does it feel? Where do you feel the fear? 
it's one of the great emotional issues that we all need to face. You know, in the practice of yoga, you know, I taught yoga in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So in the, pra- and I still practice yoga. My most favorite asana was the shavasana, the one you just learned. You have to relax every part of your body and just lie there. You know, the corpse pose. <laughs> Learn how to do the corpse pose fully, and you'll be able to process that. Because for me, dying is from here and walking into another door, mm-hmm. another life, another world. Who knows? It doesn't matter. What matters is that we live, not be fearful of dying. And trust your body. Your body knows how to heal. Don't interfere with it. Beautiful words. Where can people learn more about you? After they heard all this, I'm sure they're saying, (laughs) I want to read the book and I want to, you know, meet this person. So where where can they learn about you, the practice, uh, the book? Well, I have a school. Mm -hmm. Light Harmonics Institute. We have not, I have not taught all year. I have kept my schedule open for my patients all year because they're coming out of the woodwork. You know, I haven't spoken to you in five years, but now I think I better. I've been following everything that you do. Tell me what I need to do now. So I left my practice really open for that. Uh, but we have Light Harmonics Institute and there's a website. We will be posting classes soon. I, of course, Harmonic Healing Book mm-hmm. by Linda Lancaster. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and we have an Instagram, Light Harmonics. We'll be starting to do more recipes and fun things. So look those look up. We'll, up. We'll link Light those harmonics. up. Yeah, we'll link those <laughs> and up. I, and-, and I have a foundation. Okay. Um, I have a nonprofit foundation, which again, this year, we did not have a conference first time mm-hmm. in many years. Uh, Global Foundation for Integrative Medicine. Uh, it's gfimusa.com. You could look that up. There's there you can become a member and get wonderful videos, wonderful videos of you know Dietrich Klinghart and uh, Zach Bush and Terry Tempest Williams. It covers the gamut of the earth and what's going on and and what we need to look out for. What's coming in the skies, you know. Mm-hmm. And find ways, I, I like to not scare people with all of that, but I like to give simple things that don't cost a lot of money. People should appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. Because we have simple solutions and, and the book is amazing in providing those simple solutions. Again, nature provides the solutions. We don't have to go too far. We don't have no. to overthink this. We all have the ability to heal within us. We just got to reconnect especially on those levels, mind, body, spirit, with a more natural approach, which the book did a wonderful job. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for your work. I feel so, you know, in resonance with it. Yeah. And that's why I had to reach out. I've, you know, I read the book a while back, but in doing this podcast, like, who do I want on? I want people to understand it, people who speak the same language in that way. And it is about uh, connecting with like-minded people. That's a big part of it, right? Get your community. Yeah. Build your community, but be open to share your community and teach others. Yes. You know, it takes sometimes it takes people more time. 
you know, to understand what's necessary to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. in these difficult times. So support your immune system. Supporting your immune system is getting rid of fear. Mm. That's really interesting too. And a lot of people are still in shock. So many, I wrote about that. You know, shock is one of the most important issues to deal with because what happens is we we get traumatized. We can get birth shock. We can get traumatized by somebody saying something to you because you've you've got thin skin. You can't take it, you know, and not really see why that person's saying those things to you. <laughs> but you you can get by by the word, by assault, all sorts of assaults, by Shock is a big thing, and we're getting a lot of pe- a lot of chi- of our children are very very sensitive these days. The ones that are coming in are very sensitive because they're very advanced people coming into the planet. Mm. We're just oh, I got goosebumps <laughs> because we're just holding the space. So give attention to children; they right. need it. Don't if they say some strange things, it might be true. Yeah. And and that's the future. And unfortunately, like we even mentioned earlier, we're not exactly cultivating a a healthy childhood if we're feeding them poorly, if we're scaring them right now, locking them down, keeping them from being around other friends, from having a normal childhood and playing and doing all the things they should be doing and interacting, building that social kind of uh, interaction that they need so much to become healthier individuals themselves. I mean, this whole situation has become so difficult and we're just, we're just so deep into it yeah. without really, I think some light will come onto the subject soon. And I think this will pass. I am an optimist. I'm always been an optimist. So I do think this will pass and we've learned a lot from it. We have. And I think we're still just processing that. How to be with ourselves, we've learned. Yeah, yeah. And that's been difficult for a lot of people, for sure. Very difficult. Yeah. And for others, it's been like a break, mm-hmm. a chance to really look within, because we're not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> is know? the truth. And yet we will live forever. Our soul will live forever. Because when the physical, when we die, our physical body will be here, left on earth as earth material. But that etheric force field will lift up with our emotional and our mental memories. Right. Energy never dies. It just transmutes, right? That's it. Yeah. It just shifts on. So, well, those are some positive words, I think, to leave on. Yes. No fear. Stay positive. Stay, you know, in that healthy mindset. And I, I think that's let go, let, let go, go, let go. Beautiful words to end on. Dr. Lancaster, thank you so much for all this. Really such a pleasure to connect. Oh, it's very nice to do so. And I'm honored. Thank, thank you. you. There you have it. Some amazing advice on how to restore your vital force for lifelong wellness. If you want to learn more about Dr. Lancaster's six week liver cleansing program, go pick up the book Harmonic Healing and visit lightharmonics.com to learn more about her work. Like so many other guests on the Your Story, Your Health podcast, Dr. Lancaster shows you could still be a foodie and have an amazing appreciation for food as medicine. Until next time, 
keep writing your own healing story, and continue to place health and happiness as your top priority.